Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And, and, and I think the whole point of the podcast was kind of to present esoteric kind of ideas and concepts in a way that could be more easily digested. Yeah. And maybe palatable. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like in your heads, right? Like the, the bringing the listeners in there. So you don't want to just. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to get pulled into my head. <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> So, Dwayne, one of the topics uh, you chose for this week was imposter syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A lot of clients talking about this recently. Um, absolutely. Um, uh, and then you know you see it in my like personal life, like friends and acquaintances. Um, so because I see it at some frequency, I just wanted to also um, maybe open it up to the the listeners and use this as a topic, right, for uh-huh. discussion. But. Um, yeah, so for, for the listeners, imposter syndrome is when you're feeling like you're an imposter, right? Like a fake. You maybe haven't earned where you are, what you're doing. You um, don't deserve to be where you are, what you're doing. Or maybe you're not competent enough, right? So feeling like somehow you're going to be found out. Someone's going to know that I don't belong here and yeah. shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, just to give you uh, the listener's context... I think this uh, phenomenon first came out like and was first researched in the, the late 70s. And this was um, maybe contrary to, to uh, expectation. It was actually um, observed and seen in high-performing professional women, right? Um, so, so, yeah. So, I think, I think, one, it's an interesting topic, but that you also see it manifesting in various ways, um, certainly in the clinical context, too, that I wanted to kind of bring it up and also pick your brain. I didn't, I didn't know that, that it was uh, kind of originally kind of really studied in women, mm-hmm. high-performing mm-hmm. women. Oh. High-performing women, because the idea is like, wait, you would think the opposite, right? <laughs> that you're struggling, you don't have enough skills, and you're insecure, etc. Um, it would make sense for it to 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 uh, 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 spawn this sense of I I don't belong here, I can't do this. But it's surprising that wait a minute, it's the high-performing, high-achieving folks, right, mm-hmm, that are struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, how often do you see this in your, your clients? Quite, quite a bit. And I, and I, I think you're right when people, um, have experienced a, a pretty good amount of success, it seems to be more common. I, I my, my first brush with this was like grad school. Uh-huh. Um, and even my own experience of grad school, there was always this kind of like, oh my gosh, they're going to find out pretty soon. I do not know what I'm doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you're looking at everybody else around you and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, they got their paper done weeks ago, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, or, or their project's just so much better than mine. And, and, um, just as you get to, just as I got to know people in my grad school programs and, and saw their own, you know, they'd even make these confessions about, oh my gosh, Todd, nobody knows that I'm just a fraud, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing to see that, um, pretty much everybody in grad school, at least as imposter syndrome sure, at, at some yeah. stage. Um, 
and, and so that was my own kind of experience of it. And then, and then, uh, clinically just, uh, working with a lot, a lot of patients over the years, it seems to be everywhere. It mm-hmm. seems to be all over the place that mm-hmm. a lot of people just feel like, um, they're not the genuine article and, um, that fear of being found out, uh, seems to be, a, a prevalent, um, kind of symptom of this or, um, a lot of comparisons, mm-hmm. a lot like my own experience in grad school, a lot of, uh, individuals feeling the imposter syndrome compare themselves to others is not as good as or inferior. Um, comparisons seem to be a pretty rife issue. Um, also, um, people who are perfectionistic seem uh-huh. to, experience a lot of imposter syndrome and their mistakes are kind of evidence of their, um, of their inferiority Mm -hmm. and the fact that they don't belong. Right. Yeah. Right. But then the problem with that is right. Like that it strikes me as it's those types of people who actually, uh, albeit or, or despite the fact that they feel like, (laughs) um, it's just a sham where they are and what they've accomplished. Right. And that it's just a precarious, impermanent type of position that they're in because they're going to be found out at any given moment, right? That despite feeling that, they're actually high performing, right? They're able to achieve. They're able to meet milestones. They're able to acquire skill sets, et cetera, and and move on. So it strikes me as even though they are performing and are moving up the ladder, whatever ladder we're talking about, whether or not, you know, grad school or or work, et cetera, um, but as they're moving up the ladder, things become more challenging mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. The, the, the task gets more complex um, it calls for uh, 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 more insightful uh, more intricate thinking and skill sets etc so but if it's a person who's perfectionistic who then gets put in this um, situation where it's um, more challenging leaving more room for them to feel like I'm not perfectionistic enough yeah right um, planting the seed for oh gosh, um, did I make an error? How big of an error, right? Um, uh, lending itself to the sense of like, oh gosh, I, I'm, I'm not earning my keep, <laughs> my yeah. position here, what I'm doing, who I am in the moment um, is just going to be potentially gone tomorrow. Yeah, that the perfectionism in a way almost seems like a, a way of overcompensating for those mm-hmm. feelings of inadequacy, right? You don't feel good enough. Um, smart enough, talented enough, um, intelligent enough. And so you work just insanely hard to compensate for that. It's an overcompensation. But you're right, the higher up the ladder you climb, the more intricate and nuanced the challenges are. And the more likely there are going to be errors and the more likely the the learning curve gets a little steeper. Yes. And it seems to only feed this feeling of insecurity for those people. and. So that overcompensation of working harder and harder and harder um, is is just constantly kind of impulsively pulled for in right the, yeah. and, and and putting putting them in this untenable position right because the harder the task is the position is the more you expect for yourself to make fewer mistakes um, and to be more perfectionistic that that's just untenable yeah that Impossible. perfectionism thing is just such a <laughs> it's kind of a crazy. Um, I mean, it's w- what a, what a fallacy, you know, there's mm-hmm. just no way, um, to achieve perce- perfection almost in anything. Um, and so to, to hold that over your own head constantly, I mean, man, you're just begging for anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, and I think that, uh, so one piece is the perfectionism, but I also think that it may be people who maybe have this idea around what's strong, what constitutes being strong, and what constitutes being weak, right? Like if I need help and seek help, maybe that's me being weak and therefore incompetent, right? uh, Versus like, I got to do this on my own, within my own vacuum. I'm not going to use any resources or or, um, bounce ideas off of folks or et cetera, right? That I think it also might be an underlying factor that sets a person up. Like unrealistic expectations of mm-hmm. uh, yep. abilities, capabilities, right. um, yep. time management. I mean, a lot of people who are perfectionistic are just spread so thin mm-hmm. over so many areas that right. it's just untenable over time. Yep. Yeah. And then if you then if if, the, if you combine that with asking for help, <laughs> right, um, is is uh, constitutes weakness on my part. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm not going to ask for help. Wait, but that would that would be the very thing that could help you to accomplish this goal, accomplish this task, right? And, and, and move on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's an, like an, maybe another trait uh-huh. uh, or tendency that, that feeds into this, this syndrome here. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned that, uh, well, we've been mentioning that th- these people often are, are very high performing, successful people. And, and it's interesting to watch them kind of attribute that success to like outside factors. Right. Mm-hmm. When you when you kind of mention to them, wow, you you made it this far and you've done really well, they'll say, oh, well, you know, that was easy or I got really lucky, lucky. or I had a mentor that really took me under their wing. And if they hadn't have done that, right. you know, but it seems like there's a lot of attribution to like other things that are responsible for that success. Right. Um or, or if there's any, I'm, I'm sorry, if there's any like personal um, contribution in that, it would just be that I'm good at pretending. I'm good at, <laughs> right, you right. know, projecting an image. Right. Um, but they're going to see through it. So. My one skill is, is being a good imposter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I can really put on a show. Right. Um, that's something I work with uh, clients a lot at, are kind of recognizing that external attribution for their success, being able to kind of pick those up when they start thinking about those things and they start saying those things and then almost reversing that and trying to kind of take responsibility for some of that success in a way. And it's mm-hmm. so uncomfortable. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's anxiety provoking in and of itself for, for a lot of clients. But, um, if that's feeding or is regularly part of the thought process around the imposter syndrome, where they're constantly just saying, um, well, the only way that worked out is because so-and-so, um, picked up the ball there, or the only reason this was um, uh, a success was timing and it was luck. Right. Um, I try to help my clients really kind of recognize when they're doing that external attribution and then redirecting and, and kind of start over and say, I worked really hard on that. You know, I put a lot of hours into that project and I think that contributed to its success. But um, it feels really forced for my clients at first. Right. Really brutal. Yeah. yeah. But it's such a mental habit. Um, for those clients to kind of um, just start lauding praise on all sorts of luck, timing, stuff they don't control or, mm-hmm. or have any other people, you know, um, such a habit, kind of a cognitive habit. Whenever they think about yeah. something going well, it's almost like this, they've got to kind of knock the, the legs off their own stool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because you're unable to, um, notice or acknowledge the self-created um, factors that you 
or, or able to attribute like your success, et cetera, um, to yourself. Um, then um, just to tag on to what you're saying, which is now you're setting yourself up to have to constantly hope and wish and cross your fingers that the same external circumstance situation, that advisor to be there, that supervisor to be there, that time um, be available, right? And, and, and be ample so that you can then recreate that success because it's not coming from me. Yeah, I didn't it, self-create that. Yeah, it reinforces the idea that... Um um, you know, as you're working on a project, it, well, it's like, it's, it's like a recipe for, um, not developing confidence, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If every time you think about, uh, uh, something that went really well, you start attributing all the cause to external forces. I mean, you're, you're really kind of depleting what confidence you could have there. You're not practicing confidence at all. Right. It's the opposite of that. And so, um, yeah, I think that assignment that I give clients to kind of start, identifying when they're doing that is, is a better recipe for building confidence. Cause mm -hmm. if you're, if you're normally kind of sounding off or listing list, uh, listing your accomplishments and your, uh, proactive behaviors that contribute to success, there's a recipe for building confidence, kind of that repetitive, uh, noting of what your capabilities and strengths are. Um, and past successes. Sure, yeah. sure. And and related to that, right, by doing it that way, you're actually able to conceptualize and amass um, a toolkit, right, wherein you know that this is within my repertoire. These are the things yeah. that I can do and reproduce, right, and replicate moving forward so that you can um, bring about your own successes or more and more of that um, over time. But if, as uh, from your perspective, you're just uh, coding everything as love, therefore everything's mm -hmm. external to me you're going to constantly be biased to look for the more ideal external factors and circumstances to line up in order to be successful this time right yeah. and the more that you focus upon that you're not uh, focusing upon yourself and amassing that 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 skill set that repertoire right for yourself yeah it's a huge so, locus of gosh. control issue mm -hmm. yeah and and to to move that um, more central is important how's this for another homework assignment i give clients just go ahead and accept it <laughs> <laughs> i like it i, I don't think I a like day it. goes by i don't you know someone calls me dr sewell and i kind of just go oh my gosh if they only knew what a weirdo i am you know, and have this cringy like, oh, God, I feel like a fraud. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just kind of learning to laugh at that in yes. yourself, you know, and you, you, you kind of remember like, oh, I do have those degrees, you know, that, that's a thing, you know, and let's just keep going. But yeah. the um, idea that you're going to be really successful at anything and then and then not have some insecurity about something to me is unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So. Sometimes I just help clients kind of realize that they're going to have those thoughts and feelings sometimes. Right. Not to dwell on them and then start externalizing, but just kind of accept that it'd be weird if you didn't have those feelings every mm -hmm. once in a while. It, it, you would almost be not human if you didn't. Right. Every once in a while look in the mirror and go, oh, really? Like you're the guy doing all this stuff? Yeah. Or the woman doing all this <laughs> stuff? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and um, shoot, I lost my train of thought. That's okay. It happens. Oh no! See, this is the imposter. Are you sure you're a psychologist? You lost what you were going to say. Are you yes, sure I you did. know what you did? Um, 
uh, this is not what I'm what, what I was gonna say, but um, <laughs> hopefully it'll come back to me. But uh, yeah, like when I'm sitting in front of a client for the first time, you know, like for an intake, and of course, um, they were probably on the wait list for a really long time. They've been struggling for a long time. Now they get to see someone, yeah. right? So then, of course, they tell you everything, all the different challenges and difficulties, and they're really looking for you for help, right? Yeah, yeah. and there's emotionality behind it. So what's going on behind the scenes in my head is like. Oh shoot! Wow. Okay. The what? We're, you have this is really hard for you, yeah. right? This, uh, um, you really need to talk to someone, right? <laughs> and then I'm like, wait a minute, I'm that I'm someone. That like, wait a minute, you can do this. <laughs> Tune in, right? <laughs> so it's very like still very automatic, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to then come back to oh, and, and now I remember what I was talking about is related to what you were saying is uh, some of the things I share with clients is rather than waiting for the confidence or to feel somehow I'm secure enough or competent enough, whatever that means, you want to look for um, evidence and facts, right? What's the evidence that can I do uh, that I can do this job? Well, I went to that, you know, nine, 10 years of training. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've been doing X, Y, and Z. So coming back to being able to generate um, uh, facts and evidence rather than just your own opinion um, or your own feelings yeah. right, around that. Yeah. And eliminating those comparisons. I think that's a, another unhealthy kind of thought habit to get into is uh, kind of comparing yourself to everybody else around you. Um, yeah, kind of in that similar, you know, you, the evidence for your success, the degrees you have, the, the past, um, success of you, successes you've had, but also kind of eliminating that constant thought process where you compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what you're saying though, uh, when you, you know, there, it, it's not uncommon for me to sit across from a client and quickly pick up like, oh, they're smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. their verbal intelligence is a lot higher than mine, you know, and all of a sudden feel insecure about that. Sure. The problem is once you do that and you really stick to that, now your attention's divided. Right. You're having two conversations in your head, mm-hmm. right? One where you're just really trying to hear them and, and, and be present and, in the background, there's this like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> and I feel like at that, that point, later. you should be paying them, right? Because now you've <laughs> yeah. made the shift, the, the focus on you oh rather than them. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's not uncommon. Thank goodness life hands us those um, humble pies every once in a while. The yeah. Snack on. <laughs> yeah. And I try to just be like super, you know, to the extent that it's appropriate and given the situation, et cetera. But I try to really like be open and be like a person in front of them. Like, uh-huh. um, um, Boy, that's true, right? If you're mm-hmm. struggling with imposter syndrome, the worst thing is to try to um, put on the show then, mm-hmm. right? To, to really um, mask that with some kind of uh, performance, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of being who you generally are authentically, the worst thing you can do in those moments is to really try to put on a show. Right. Yeah. Right. And I feel like in my own personal experience, but um, I think this is also just uh, general information uh, as well, but um, to own up to that and voice that like hey you know given the nature of what we're talking about here and what you're going through um this is not quite 
what I've been that I've dealt with that I don't have too much experience around this mm-hmm. but given these problems I, 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 I have enough of um, you know repertoire to, to be helpful to you what do you think about that right um, or say I actually don't know anything about that can I consult with someone so usually it a twofold one by being honest and owning up to it that I'm doing the responsible ethical <laughs> kind uh-huh. of thing but it also affords actual uh, potentially actionable things for me to do like consult gather more information it's uh, or even making the decision like that maybe i'm not the appropriate provider for this particular mm-hmm. person right so it actually serves a useful practical purpose um but also by o- owning up to that it really does help with that relationship right wherein the other person sees you different rather than just this um um, unrealistic, uh, distorted image of what a therapist should be, right? And then it, it uh, creates an opportunity for you two to actually relate. And it might welcome um, um, other conversations that would otherwise not come up yeah. um, on the client's part, right? It, yeah, um, yeah it, if you're pretending, mm-hmm. um, it, w- it would only serve to reinforce that imposter syndrome right. anyway, right? Yeah, it would only amplify that and make it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? Um, some things. Um, I think in in general, um, what we also see in terms of some of the factors that contribute to this syndrome too is when we talked about like the perfectionism, this this belief that asking for help or that kind of thing constitutes being weak, and so I have to just do everything myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, we also kind of see that certain people who um, occupy uh, more of like the minority position, whether or not it be like socioeconomic status, mm. like being lower um, uh, in terms of income or being uh, like gender, like female, things have changed, right? But historically, being female is of a m- minority status, um, all the way to. Um, other forms of privilege or um, something that makes you different. Yeah. Something that makes you different that could potentially make it uh, make, uh, put you one step behind the mainstream, the group somehow. Right. So it could be like a skill set. I haven't done this before, and mm, other people mm-hmm. around me um, have the skill set already, right? Oh, it could okay. Be that, or it could be I'm going into a department that's all male, you know, um, all men, and I'm the only female. Yeah. So, I, well, I see those two different things, maybe. So, so the one that if you're a member of a group that um, is just different from mm-hmm, the others somehow, mm-hmm. that, that could be, or if there is a genuine skill set. Um, right. difference, right? Yeah. Where you've never experienced or, or gained a particular skill, right? right. Um, then uh, the imposter syndrome kind of feel can be even more more uh, present or amplified right. given those contexts. So right. different or uh, lack of exposure to a particular thing. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because then naturally, right, given the fact that I'm different right it Mm -hmm. can then potentially um introduce a challenge for me personally a problem for me i may not perform as well certainly compared to others right um so so then it's understandable then that i feel like i don't belong right because i have a different experience different skill set different etc fill in the blank sets you up to feel like i don't belong um then then it's um where do you take it from there? Yeah, what do you do? Well, um, you know, I, I'm reminded of like if you if you ever go to like a, 
you know, your first time at a yoga class or, mm-hmm. or a workout class or, you know, learning to, 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 um, shoot a, a, a bow, um, an arrow, right? Like, uh, you know, the first time you do that, yeah. you're just, you're, you're not going to be as good as everybody else there is around right. you. And, um, it's easy to then feel like, oh, I just shouldn't be here. I don't belong. I'm not as good. Yeah. Start doing those comparisons. Right. So when you're in those moments, what you do with that is really going to be critical, right? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be then, uh, set you up to be self-helping, set you up to be open to experience and learn and enjoy yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to set you on track for that imposter syndrome? And now you're anxious. Now you're looking, you know over your shoulders and et cetera. Yeah. So. Yeah. Boy, and if it, if it gets bad enough and becomes a type of anxiety, then you just start to avoid those experiences. Mm-hmm. Stop, you know, um, don't look for the promotion. Don't look for, um, kind of the next level because you just don't want to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. And that's really helpful in terms of accruing evidence to show that you are not the imposter, yeah. that you can do things right. Yeah. By avoiding those opportunities. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hey everyone, Dwen and I really appreciate you listening to our podcast. Please rate us on iTunes and follow us on Instagram. And if you have any questions or comments or topic ideas that you'd like us to consider, please let us know in the comments section or in a comment on Instagram. Thank you. Bye.